0: Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Monday edition of The Yard, the magnificent Monday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. Things are good, man. Things are good. We're kind of moving forward. We had some college football over the weekend, uh, which is, is kind of a crushing bro blow for the Corona bros out there. And uh, that has become a... Uh, you know, a moniker that has been pretty much accepted now in the public vernacular as it relates to uh, these naysayers about college football. Some of these same people, it's so crazy. Many of the same people that that basically insisted and in some instances kind of demanded that there be no college football were, uh, were watching college football Saturday night. And it's like, oh, listen, this is so great. It feels so good. I mean, listen, I don't want to hear that from you. You know, when you sat here and told me that I was selfish for wanting college football and I, that we were selfish, that we were expecting these kids to play, uh, but the nation rejoiced over an FCS game on Saturday night as Central Arkansas beat Austin Peay. Mississippi State, of course, has some connections to Austin Peay. Uh, Marcus Lovings is the, uh, the head coach there, former Mississippi State assistant coach. Uh, he worked in a support capacity here at Mississippi State. Chad Bumpus, of course, one of the best to ever wear the maroon and white, is a receivers coach there. Cody Sheck Snyder, former Mississippi State uh, punter, is working there as a quality control analyst. So, you know, we had a rooting interest in the ball game. But, uh, listen, the bottom line is we're rooting for college football. And, incredibly, we were able to play a game and the world did not burst into flames. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that kind of suggested something like that would happen. I know it's a little bit absurd, and I'm using a lot of hyperbole there. But the bottom line is, is that, uh, you know, we, they survived the game. It wasn't a pretty game. Okay, number one, you know, the the, the quality of talent is not what we expect to see in the Power Five. But uh, be that as it may, uh, bad football is still football. And so I was happy to watch it. And, of course, that last five minutes of the game, very, very exciting. Austin P goes down and scores a go-ahead touchdown, kicks an extra point, and seems to be poised to win the ball game. And then they give up a, uh, you know, a long drive there at the end and a great pass. And uh, the game's over. And Central Arkansas wins the game. They've now won, I guess, two in a row against Austin P. Uh, but the bottom line is this no matter the outcome of that game despite the fact that truly we didn't have a rooting interest in the outcome college football won and there are a lot of people around the country that are rejoicing today because they feel a step towards a sense of normalcy has been taken. and uh, I I agree with that and there's going to be more college football to come I've, I've had people hitting me up saying hey Steve uh, can you help me get tickets to this other Miss game this weekend? And the answer to that question is no, I, I, I cannot. I cannot help you with that. One of my co-hosts, uh, Maverick, has uh, found himself a squeak toy, so I'm going to try to limit that as best I can. But uh, Maverick's my four-month-old German shepherd. He's, uh, he's learning the ways of uh, of broadcasting. So I'll do my best to eliminate that. But the bottom line is this. Even Maverick enjoyed college football this weekend. I enjoyed college football this weekend. I know you did as well. And, uh, now I can't get you tickets to Southern Miss. I can't get you tickets to Mississippi State. I, I, don't, I can't get you tickets to Woodstock, anything like that. This is not Ticketmaster. Uh, but the bottom line is there is a tremendous amount of interest, and I think people are like, you know what, we'll do what we got to do but uh it was kind of amazing too though it's like we talk about all these safety protocols and we got to do this we got to do that but uh you look up in the stands there most people not wearing their mask properly but they're outdoors so i don't think it's that big a deal but they're uh, listen i mean it's just it just felt good for a while to kind of celebrate the fact that um you know we're able to see some live football there's a lot, lot going on around the world of sports. I mean, you know, we've got the NBA playoffs going on. We're in, the, the trade deadline for Major League Baseball is today. we we'll got some news on that respect a little bit later in the show. I know you guys are happy about that. But, uh, listen, glad you could be with us today. I have no idea what kind of day it's going to be in Starville, but it's supposed to be cooler this week. And it's our, it's our good friend, Stan Dora, our storm-chasing friend here from Starkville. He, he pre- forecasted here a couple weeks ago that we had already passed the apex of summer and that we would start seeing the average temperatures begin to go down. And that has been correct. So, Stan, step out here and take a bow, brother. I trust him. You can follow him on Twitter. Stan's an interesting guy, man. I've met Stan a few times, and uh, Stan's even got a Rose Bowl's ride shirt somewhere in his closet. But, uh, but it, yeah, it, it's good to have people like that, you know, that, that you can trust, that will tell you information that's helpful. And uh, I, I find him very interesting. So, find him on Twitter. Standora, That's D-O-R-R-A-H. Give Stan the shout out there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool. We're starting to feel some fall, you know, and uh, we've had some high school football. I know this week coming up, this is game week for public schools around the state of Mississippi. And so there are going to be a lot of people getting out, subverting in their communities. Let me remind you, too, as happy as we are to play football, please, 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 please protect yourselves. Let, let's not, you know, forget the fact that uh, we are still dealing with something. Whether you – agree with uh, all the protocols or not. And I'll share with you something else, too. One thing I thought was pretty cool, you know, I went and covered a high school football game a couple weeks ago. I went last week. uh, My plan was to go to uh, to Tishomingo County and see my good friend Coach Richard Russo. Jim Riley, offensive line prospect, is there. And I wanted to go see him in action and get some pictures and that sort of stuff. And uh, Jamboree got canceled against Potts Camp. So I ended up making making a drive up there and uh, and coming back. But, But be that as it may, there uh, there's a lot to celebrate and so again two weeks ago I went to a game and uh so you know we're getting ready to go in and uh you know there's that funnel of people you know right when you go through the gate and so they had a guy out there but like before we got to the gate the guy's like hey listen gonna have to ask everybody at least have your mask on while we go through the gate you know as we begin to kind of funnel and we're in close proximity to other people and and uh, you know, they want a social distance as best they can but he said hey listen here's what we're gonna do as we go in, keep your mask on. Once you get inside or get to your seat, it's a personal decision. But once we get ready to come back out of the ball game, you know, I want you to have your mask on. So when we do kind of funnel back through the gate here, uh, everybody kind of has a sense of uh, of comfort of some sort. And so I thought that was pretty cool, and and it's incredible. Yeah, I, w- I would say 95 percent of the people, you know, kind of complied without any issue whatsoever. There were a few people that kind of had to be reminded and said, "Hey, put your mask on. Let's do this." But it was good, it was good. I think people have adjusted in many ways. And, um, you know, as I told you guys all along, we're gonna beat this thing, kids. I mean, it's one of those things that uh, it's unprecedented in our lifetime. And so we've had to kind of learn a new way to live. And no matter what you do or what you say or what people uh, you know, suggest that we should do, there's always gonna be varying opinions of people on both sides of the issue that, uh, that have you know very strong and emotional reactions to things. I- I'm trying to avoid all of that. I'm just going to say, these people that are asking you to do something, there is somebody over them that has made a decision, and it's been their job to execute that. So please don't give those frontline people any trouble. Just, just, let's just get along, okay? I, I don't want to see a video of you go viral uh, where you've gone to Walmart or gone to a high school football game, and uh, you've gotten belligerent with somebody who's you know probably volunteering their time or making next to nothing that is uh, carrying out a decision that is made by a superior somewhere that's put a policy into place. And so – Let's all be good people. Let's all respect one another. Show a little dignity and respect to everybody. And life gets on pretty good. Speaking of living life the right way, Bulldog Burger Company, right here in Stark Vegas, also in Tupelo, I got a, got a message from uh, from yeah you know, a listener today. Hey, man, I love the show. I went to the Bulldog Burger Company in Tupelo, and I uh, had never been. Had the Good Morning Burger, had that sassy sauce on there, and that it was delightful said you know what steve it kind of reminded me of being back in college that's always a cool thing you need to go find your own favorites and you're going to love bulldog burger company if you've never been if you if if you've already been you know exactly what i'm talking about you're just kind of being reminded of the things you like about the place you need to go by check them out have the spring rolls as your appetizer that's one of the things i'm going to almost insist that you do have the spring rolls you'll enjoy those they'll get you going and then you're going to have an incredible portion. That's one of the things that I think is kind of overlooked at times. There are some people that specialize in hamburgers, and it's almost like they're just trying to get you the cheapest possible product out there so they can maximize their own profits. That's that's not the case The Bulldog Burger Company. You get a very substantial hamburger, very substantial, uh, more French fries than you can shake a stick at. I mean, they bring that big old pan out there, and they, they put it in front of you, and you think, man, how am I going to finish all this, especially after I've had those spring rolls? Good chance you're gonna bring some of that stuff home. And if you're like me, I got a bunch of dogs around this house. They're more than happy to polish off what I don't want to eat. So give Bulldog Burger Company a chance to serve you. Two locations. Right here on University Drive in Star Vegas and on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. Alright. Let's knock out a couple things here. I'm not gonna spend the whole show, you know, talking about the virus and talking about all of the, the the problems in the world. Uh, I think you kind of tune in to me to kind of get an escape from some of that. But I'm going to talk a little bit about it, and we're going to move on, okay? Uh, the, I want to get this knocked out, and then I want to get into some of the things Mike Leach talked about on Saturday. So, Coach Mike Leach, I, I kind of get the sense that my, you know, Mike's always prepared. You know, he, he, and when I say that, it's like he kind of knows some of the questions that we're going to ask. And so, as a result, you know, we, we kind of get an answer that has probably been mentally rehearsed for a while. But uh, I don't ever get the sense that he's just kind of feeding us a line of bull. You know what I'm saying? And so you knew that he was going to get asked about the deal on Thursday because we have not had media opportunity since Thursday. And I, I think it's probably best to bang that because, to be fair, I think Mike Leach is probably the first person that should speak on that. I don't know that I want the assistant coaches uh, you know, kind of trapped in a room there and then having to, to, to handle these questions. Not that they're not capable, but I just feel like that the voice of Mississippi State – football should be Mike Leach, and it's probably best that he handle it first. And so he was asked some questions about it, and uh, you kind of got the sense, I won't say that he was annoyed, but I kind of got the feeling that he really just wanted to talk football. But he did address it, and he continued to kind of reiterate, you know, we're here to support our players. And one of the things that I want to share with you, because I've spoken to multiple people since all this happened, and, uh, and I, I'm going to be honest with you, some of you are making a bigger deal out of this than it really is. I'm just, we're family, right, so I can be honest with you. Many of you are making a much bigger deal about this thing that happened Thursday than it really is. And, and I, listen, I will not stand in the way of your righteous indignation and your, your own willingness to elevate yourself emotionally. You know, we, we all have to live our own lives. So you are more than right to be wrong about it. That's fine. I may be wrong about it. We'll all agree to be friends. But, uh, you know, Mike said, hey, we're going we're gonna to support the players. And then on Friday, and I discussed some of this last night on Facebook Live, there was, uh, there was a get-together for football. Friday was supposed to be a, an off day. And since, since we had the, the event on Thursday, we moved practice to Friday. And I understand at that practice that Mike Lee said, hey, listen, guys, anything that anybody needs to say about anything, whether it be related to, uh, you know, what's going on in the world or what's going on in football, or if you have questions, you have concerns, we're going to talk about it today. And we're going to stay here until everybody gets a chance to speak. You're going to stand up in front of the team, and uh, you speak your piece, and then we'll address it. And I understand that that meeting went over two hours, over two hours. And there were not people out there that were upset about practices. There were not people that were upset uh, about the scheme. There were not people that were upset about Mississippi State. But there are a lot of guys out there that are dealing with some of this stuff as young adults for the first time. And sometimes I think when those of us that look through all this through the lens of adulthood, we forget what it's like you know, to be 18, 19, 20 years old. And so as a result, you know, sometimes we just think those people should look and act like us. Uh, I think everybody should look like me. I think the world would be a better place, but uh, I digress. But many of these guys have questions. And I'm going to go ahead and lay it down for you a little closer to the vest if I can. There are a lot of these people that uh, on our football team, you know as well as I do, when they first saw Mike Leach and they first heard Mike Leach, that you kind of get caught up in the celebrity of Mike Leach. I mean, you know who Mike Leach is. You can go watch the YouTube videos. You can see all the silliness and, you know, him talking about who would win a battle royal between the Pac-12 mascots. And you can see all of that sophomoric sense of humor. You can go see the video of him, uh, you know, after the the Baylor game, after they had beaten Baylor you know, where he's kind of going off. And so it's easy to kind of get caught up and all that because you think you know people, but these guys hadn't had a chance to get to know their coach. And so you you kind of have this, and I hate to call it an airing of grievances because I don't really think that was the case, but they had to get a chance to sit up and say, you know what, this is what I'm dealing with or whatever. And I believe they're getting to know Mike Leach not just as their coach, but as a person. And I'm told Mike Leach answered every single question, that he handled everything beautifully uh, and was very candid with our guys and that it was a big moment for our team, that it was very, a, a very unifying day. You know, we had the thing on Thursday, and I think that, that helps the relationship too, is that, you know, you have, uh, I think it was half a dozen, six or seven guys that, uh, you know, went to coach and said, hey, coach, here's what we want to do, and they were able to get it done. And so I think it shows that there is a rapport that's being built there between players and coaches and and a relationship. One of the things, though, that I wanted to address about that is there are a lot of our folks, and I say this with as much love as I can possibly command, that uh, have really, 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 really painted this thing into something that it's not. And well, we should kick them off the team. Okay, the first thing that I want to say about that is they haven't done anything worthy of being kicked off the team. Uh, we should pull their scholarships. I, I, I don't understand that either because, because it's not like that they uh, walked out on practice. It's not like they got everybody together and it's time to go to work and they just walked out. I discussed this on Friday. This was something that was handled respectfully. And so then the the sentiment from some of our people, because there there is no shortage of people uh, not just within the Mississippi State fan base, but in the world at large that are really experts at assigning motive to other people's actions. I mean, you don't know why people do things, but because it fits your narrative, you say, you know, well, they did this because of this. They did this because of that. Did, did you talk to them? No. Did you read a social media posting about it? No. Where did you get the information from? Why well, just know it? No, you don't know it. You don't know it. You just think it. And so I'm just going to ask everybody to take a deep breath and listen to me here for a minute. So what Mississippi State dealt with last week is the same thing that's happened all over the country. Now, <clears throat> a lot of people say, "Oh, well they're, you know, they're supporting this person who is uh, you know, of unsavory character or whatever. It's a bigger issue than that. It's not about an individual." And I don't know if you know this, but uh, there there's some people that say, "Well, you know, I fault Mississippi State." I, you know, why why can't you guys make them do this? Why can't you make them do that? Why do they do this? Why do they do that? Uh, listen, you know, the only two things that you could ever make anybody do, really, uh, is uh, give you a little room to breathe, and that requires some physical action, and then people to give you some respect, and that's something you've got to command to yourself. But I can't walk out there, I mean, I, goodness, I can barely get my dogs to walk in and out of the house without me calling them a couple times. But these are free thinking young men, and so there, it is a partnership, it is not a dictatorship. Now, yes, there has to be a supervisor, and that is Coach Mike Leach, and that's the guy that mets out the discipline, uh, fills out the lineup card. He is El Capitano. But it's not a situa- situation where there is like – it's not an ownership type deal. It's not like, okay, well, if you do, don't do this, we're going to do this. You know, there has to be a little bit of give and take. And, uh, and listen, you know, I, I've been in a supervisory position most of my adult life, and – uh the 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 shepherd that leads his sheep gets a lot more done than the guy who drives his sheep now, i'm not sitting here you know, using that metaphor to suggest that our players are sheep because i don't i don't believe that in, in any way, but there is a way to lead them without browbeating them and constantly uh, you know handing out this discipline and that sort of stuff. It is important that you lead them and leadership. To get guys to buy into your vision, there has to be a relationship. We didn't have a spring, and so we're kind of behind the curve there. So a lot of this relationship building is taking place now. But there are other people that say, "Hey, well, listen, you know, I, I, I fought, you know, John Cohen, and I fought Mike Leach, and this is out of control. This is an embarrassment to Mississippi State." Well, let me—I don't know if you know this. Let me go ahead and bring you up to speed. Uh, University of Alabama going to have a similar demonstration today. You don't think Nick Saban can control his team? You don't. You don't think Nick Saban knows about leading? That guy's got more national championships than just about anybody. And so I'm going to read to you what Coach Nick Saban says. So since what Mississippi State does and says is insufficient for some of our fans, let me read to you what Nick Saban said because maybe if you don't respect Mike Leach and maybe if you don't respect John Cohen and maybe if you don't respect Dr. Markina maybe you can find it within yourself to respect Nick Saban who is the greatest coach of this generation. So here's what Nick Saban said about today's planned march in Tuscaloosa against racial injustice. Okay? This this was said on Saturday after a uh, scrimmage event and um So here's what he says. We're obviously going to have a team event on Monday. Just to make a comment about that, because I know you'll probably ask me about it. The players have made these choices and decisions about what they want to do and how they want to be heard. And we want to support them because we do support what they want to do. I think they did a really good job in in what they did before. That's talking about they had a deal back in June. And so not only... Is Nick Saban going to have this planned march? They have actually brought in, hired some speakers to come in and kind of address some of these issues. Saban says, I think we implemented sort of a speaker series for some very prominent people, Condoleezza Rice, Tony Dungy, Stephen A. Smith, Joey Galloway, Charles Barkley. And they all did a phenomenal job of trying to explain to players how can we have a plan for change? How can we make things better in the future? And I think that's what our players have really been focused on. And I think that'll be what they want to try to get out there, a message on Monday, and we're very much in support of that. And, again, that's Nick Saban. That's national championship coach Nick Saban. It, you, I mean, some people act like the, the, the Mississippi State Bulldogs are out here just you know, being a bunch of Bolsheviks. That we're just out of here. You know, we're not alone. I mean, look – listen – you, you can go Google any SEC team and find a march or a protest or an event similar to that because what happens is when we live in the maroon bubble, sometimes we think and feel that these things only happen to us, and that's not true. These problems and these issues are not unique to Mississippi State. It, you got to have a global view here, Okay. And again, as I said, Friday, it's one of those things I began to think about is, you know, when you look around what's happening around the country and how violent people are being and destructive, wouldn't you want your guys to be associated with doing things respectfully and saying, you know what? Those guys over there, they did it the right way. That's what I want. And I also don't want robots. Maybe I'm wrong. It's just kind of like I always felt about relationships. Number one, I don't want anybody that uh, doesn't want to be with me. I don't want anybody that thinks they're doing me a favor. I I want somebody that thinks that I'm the absolute greatest. I want somebody else that had other options and said, you know what? You're hell want to be with. That's more value in that. I don't want somebody that nobody else wants. I mean, I know know it sounds kind of silly, but it's one of those things where, you know, you want people that have options. You want people that, um, you know, that choose you because you're the best. Not because you're the last person standing. But it's the same thing with these guys. I mean, I, I, I don't want players on our team that aren't aware of what's happening in the world. And I know some of you say, hey, well, Steve, it's a football factory, and we, we gave them a scholarship to play football, and that's true. But I don't, I don't think it's just about football. I think it's about cultivating them into being men. That's what it's about. It's about preparing them for the world. And part of that is allowing them to express their thoughts and have a voice. Good, bad, or indifferent, because I can promise you the things that I held dear as my values probably when I was 19, 20 years old are not even close to what they are today. You go through life, because that whole thing, that whole, you know, I I tell you one of the songs that was really precious to me when I began to get clean and sober was uh, Michael W. Smith's song, Place in This World. I can still hear that and get a lump in my throat, because it was very difficult for me to make that transition from being a kid to being a young adult and to becoming a man. It was different it was difficult for me it was hard for me to kind of you know I was so used to everybody else paying the bills and you know it was hard it was t- it was really really hard and I didn't have a lot of people to help me through that and uh, so these guys are kind of working through that process on a very public scale and uh, I think they're doing the best they can and I think our people just need to take a little bit of a deep breath and understand this is not a Mississippi State issue this is something that's happened nationally and I think our guys have handled it about as well as they can. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel. Now let's get into some comments about Mike Leach. Let's talk football. And I hope that we don't have to talk about this again. And it's not, it's not because of the fact that I don't agree with the fact that these guys had a chance to go speak, but it has become such a divisive issue within our fan base. that There are some people, no matter how articulate uh, I am about it, no matter how well-informed I am on the issue, there are some people, their minds are made up. I've had people I've seen in these Facebook groups and people, I'm just gonna pull my support. Well, I hope you pull your membership from the Facebook group too, because if you are no longer a Mississippi State fan, I'm really not interested in hearing your views on Mississippi State. I mean, with friends like that, who needs old Miss Rebels, right? So if you're gonna withdraw your contributions to the Bulldog Club, you're gonna cancel your season tickets, go ahead and remove yourself from those groups. Because your opinion on Mississippi State is no longer valid. If you're not invested, then you don't, get, you don't get to talk. I remember one time I heard Rocky Falker speak years and years and years ago and said, hey, how many of you guys are in the Bulldog Club? A handful of people put their hands up. They said, well, how many of you guys are not in the Bulldog Club? They put them up. He goes, okay, well, you, you guys don't get to complain. You guys in the Bulldog Club, you can complain as much as you want. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about it too. You know, you, you can't just take your ball and go home and look out the window and, and yell at the other kids, stop playing. So – Either you're with us or against us. So, I guess that's where you kind of got to draw a line. Make your own decisions. I won't think any less of you, but your opinion won't mean as much to me. All right, so let's get into what Mike Leach had to say on Saturday. You know, there's a lot of discussion. You know, we all worried. I wouldn't say that we just, you know, it wasn't as simple as we were concerned. We worried about the installation of the offense. And Leach told us over and over again, "Yeah, we're not. it's not going to take that long for us to get the offense installed talked to vince Maley, talked to brandon carter talked you know darcel mcbath several people that have played in the system and uh, i said hey listen now nah, it doesn't take long to get it going and so one of the questions that was mike was asked on uh, on saturday night after practice is like you know where are we on installation here was leach's comment i think we've got it installed we just have to polish it up and execute it and be more automatic That's still a work in progress and will continually be a work in progress. I occasionally get the, are you satisfied? No, you're never satisfied. This isn't a satisfied business. There's no real destinations. There's just new challenges. I think that's one of the virtues of sports to begin with. We're trying to sharpen execution and getting better every day and continue to improve. I think it's good news. I think it's a good comment, and it kind of echoes what he said all along. It doesn't take him long to kind of get things rolling. Now you know what to do. Now it's about learning to make it automatic so you're not out there thinking uh, about all that stuff and getting sideways with all that because, you know, players that think play slow. and It doesn't matter what the game is. If it's not instinctive for them, they're going to play slow. They're not going to execute at a high level because if they're second-guessing their steps, then there's going to be issues. And that was one of the things that Mike Leach told me a few days ago is that we, our receivers waste a lot of steps, you know, our route running has not been very good. And, again, I think that's kind of an indictment on the previous coaches. And, listen, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean to step on anybody's toes, but, you know, we've had two NFL guys in here, and Luke Gutsy and Michael Johnson. And then all of a sudden these guys get here and find out that these guys' uh, you know, route running skills are, are pretty basic. I just – I don't get it. I don't get it. I know everybody does it a little bit differently. But, you know, Mike Leach is a guy before that has done this for a long time at a high level. And when he says, you know what, our guys are wasting steps, that means tonight it's harder to get open. And, you know, in this offense, you know, you've got to be able to get off the line and get loose and get free. What does Steve Spurrier say? Get open, catch the ball, make plays? It's a pretty simple concept. But well, one of the biggest parts of getting open is running a good route. Now, it's one thing things Bumpus and I talked about when he was here, and I've always remembered this, is uh, I was talking about some kid in high school. I said, yeah, he's a pretty good route runner. And he goes, yeah, not really. He said, not really. He said, man, there's nobody sticking routes in high school because they don't have to. You're just running by people because you're the better athlete. When you get to college, you're going to be dealing with people that are as good as you, are better than you, are more talented than you, and so your execution has to be sharper because you're not going to just run by people in college. I mean, listen, it's one thing to go out there and play an FCS team and you've got the superior athlete. You can just out-athlete them. But when you play in a Southeastern Conference, precision matters. And so when I hear that we're wasting steps, that tells me, because we've got a veteran group. Now, they're not a very accomplished group, but, you know, we've got some upperclassmen in the wide receiver ranks and they're having to go back and learn how to run routes. You know, that's not fair to them. I mean, the fact that they're having to learn is great, but it just goes to show you that we have not done a good job coaching wide receivers at Mississippi State. That's changing. And so now we get our steps down, we get the installation offense down, we're going to go score some points. Let's get back to what Mike Leach had to say. So, along longest installation lines, you know, how is this installation, you know, in comparison to where you've been before? You know, we've had the, you know, the, the quarantine. We didn't get spring practice. And so, I said, hey, are you behind the game? Are you ahead of the game? How would you su- kind of suggest where you are? Here's Mike's comment. Very similar. Sometimes you might have some really talented players in one spot, and you sharpen and try to feature that. Then you might have some deficits at others, so you try to fortify and improve that. But it's the same, just a constant series of corrections and then sharpening it up. The better effort we get, uh, you want to see guys perform and give you uh, more to coach and make more progress. And then uh, I can't remember who asked the question, but they asked about our running backs. And that's one of the things that I think is very interesting I had a chance to cover Colin Hill multiple times in high school. And one of the things that always stood out to me is that he was much more polished than the average high school back. Now, listen, he's a raw athlete. You know, he, he's the guy that's the best athlete on the field in high school. But but the way that uh, Coach Montgomery and those guys used him, you know, he was a guy that could help him pass, pro. He was a decoy at times. He returned kicks. He was a good, you know, he's a good receiver out of the backfield. And he wasn't just a ball carrier. A lot of those running backs show up in college and uh, – really all they've ever done is take the handoff and I know a lot of kids don't even know how to receive a handoff in high school they just kind of toss them the football let them go but Kylan showed up kind of having a a good foundation and that's one of the reasons that he played as a true freshman not just necessarily out of need I mean we had some other guys on the roster but you know he was a guy that showed up with a, a better understanding of that position than some other guys and so Leach kind of touched on some of that about how good the running backs have been out of the backfield catching patches, passes. Here's Leach. I've been impressed. I would say we're a little ahead of there of what I expected. They have good body control, they catch the ball well. Generally, they do a good job of keeping their hands in the same place. I think they're running routes better than I thought they might. Uh, that is really, 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 really encouraging. Mike went also to say to talk about the freshman running backs. And that's one of those things, too, that we're really proud of that class uh, that we put together. But uh, Jaquavius Marks and Dylan Johnson are guys that I, I think have the potential to be, re- you know, to be stars for us. And so the question was, how much are the freshmen competing? You know, how much difference are they making in practice? Lee says, quite a bit. They're very explosive guys and fairly quick learners. They're not intimidated to compete, and I think that's the first step. And I, I, I agree with Coach. There are a lot of guys that show up and they just kind of wonder, I mean, what have I gotten myself into? Am I good enough to be here? And so you like guys that show up ready to fight. Back to Leach's comments. Uh, What got you here really well, I think, will give you the best opportunity. to. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Catherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way that they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's BadlandsFood.com forward slash Boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three in one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members and you can see who's kind of coming and going. Got that immigrated camera too. Uh, It's easy to install. F-Y. Improve. Sometimes they go out there like young guys and are a little intimidated. These guys don't do that. And how many times have we heard that now? We've we've heard about young guys like Jaquavius Marks, that he's coming in and, and challenging for the number two spot at running back. True freshman. We've heard that Will Rogers and Garrett Schrader are locked into a real battle and that Will Rogers has acquitted himself very well. True freshman. Uh, We've heard that DeCambriano Richardson, Emmanuel Forbes, Jannari, Dean, there's a chance they all play this year as true freshmen. We've heard some great things about Tulu Griffin. There's a chance he's going to play a whole lot this year, also a true freshman. And now all of a sudden you hear Marks and you hear Dylan Johnson. And so those are the things that I like to hear, that these young guys have shown up expecting to play. These guys have come into camp ready to play, ready to compete. You know, they're not just a guy out there looking to get through drills. They're catching the eye of your coaching staff, and that doesn't just bode well for this year. I think it bodes well for the future. And listen, it is a transition year. I think a lot of our fans need to kind of understand this. You know, we're playing a ten-game SEC schedule. We won't have the benefit of those four non-conference games, and I believe we'd have won all four of them. So it's going to be difficult. I mean, it is. It's going to be a real, a real test for us. But I still think we're capable of getting to five and five, if we can get a And M. I think we can get to six and four. But it's one of those years where, uh, listen, there's just not a lot of margin for error. And so it's kind of a mulligan year. doesn't count towards anybody's eligibility. I don't know if we ever expected that to happen. Uh, But the bottom line is that, uh, you know, listen, we're getting some things done. And these younger guys are a big part of it. These young guys are out here competing and doing a great job. And uh, this is the future of your football program. This is the future of your football team. And the early returns are, are wonderful. Today's top 10 list brought to you exclusively by the fine folks at Manscaped.com. That's right, Manscaped is back with us. And listen, let's be honest here, guys. We're going to talk about some things that might make a, little, a few of you uncomfortable. And if so, maybe you'll take some corrective action. Male grooming is an important part of things now. It's absolutely imperative that uh, you take care of yourself down there. But make sure you do. And, so, and one of the things I'm going to share with you too, and I, I, guys, listen. Don't use the same trimmer on your face as you do on your intimate areas. That's just gross. I mean, it just is. Take good care of yourself. You need a dedicated trimmer to take care of your business below the belt. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. That's right, the Lawn Mower 3.0. And then I hope that gets your attention. It's a third-generation trimmer. It's got advanced skin tape technology, pioneered only by Manscaped. It is a premium product, and I mean premium. And it's one of those things, too. Sometimes you get these shavers, you know, and it's like you you plug them in, and then it's like, you know, when you've got work to do, next thing you've got to plug it back in and work in shifts. Not so. Not so with the lawnmower. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. Waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, which probably makes it a little easier to do. You know what I'm saying? You're in there anyway, Uh, you're already lathered up, you're already getting things done. Go ahead and use that waterproof technology, and just handle it all, and then flush those unpleasant things right down uh, the drain. There, one of the coolest features is an LED light, which illuminates the grooming areas, allows you uh, closer and more perfect trimming. They've upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Let's not forget about that charging stand. That's quite a statement, guys. Guys, you know, ladies walk into your bedroom into the restroom, and all of a sudden they see that manscaped uh, battery stand there. They know that you're a guy that's serious. They know you're a serious guy You're good You're you're taking care of Your your masculine hygiene there So trim that junk of yours Stop putting it off And here's what we're going to do Go to manscaped.com And we'll give you some incentive To get going, right? Use promo code Boneyard And you get 20% off And free shipping 20% off and free shipping There's uh, there's perks for being a Boneyard listener Guys, stop putting it off It's not just for cool guys It's for everybody the, the the intimate partners in your life and your balls. Well, thank you. Manscaped.com, promo code Boneyard. All right, let's get to today's top 10 list. Uh, guys, I've got about 20 right now. i got about 20 lists that I'm putting together. You guys have been so great. And, uh, and so what I'm trying to do, like yesterday I was kind of busy, and I said I'm going to go ahead and put my notes for the show together. Uh, and I'm actually getting up really early to record the show. But I said, you know, I want to do something that's fun. Some of, some of the, you guys have great suggestions, but it requires me some – I've got to think about it. Like some, somebody has asked me, uh, what are the best – the top ten redemption stories in Mississippi State sports? And uh, there's some great ones. But I've got to think about that. And then uh, somebody has said, hey, Steve, what about uh, top ten inspirational songs? And uh, I could probably put a lengthy list of that, but I, I, I need to take some time and kind of think about that. But this is one I didn't have to think about long. Dr. Sam Pace, Dr. Samuel Pace, longtime follower of mine, big fan of the show. Dr. Sam, thank you so much for reaching out. Dr. Sam says, Steve, how about your top ten Boston songs? And I was like, Yes, Sam. Yes, I can get behind this. Number one, it's fun because everybody loves Boston, and number two, it's easy because they've got so many great songs, uh, and it's kind of a limited catalog too. You know, it's like it's not like listening to Led Zeppelin, where you've got you know. Hours and hours of music. Boston had kind of a limited catalog, but they didn't have any filler. You know, it's like, there's, like if you put on that first Boston album, it's like every one of those songs is played on the radio. They were. I mean, I was alive during this time. because I'm from the 1900s, Sonny, and we actually listened to the radio back then. Uh, it's a terrestrial radio. It seemed like every song on that first Boston album made the radio. That's how good it was. It's underrated as a debut album. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, appetite for destruction. And we, you know, talk about, you know, too fast for love. And, there's, there's, you know, it's always albums out there. People say, oh, that was the best debut of all time. You know, I don't know that the Boston debut is the best of all time. But, man, it's, it's a great one. You young guys, I'm telling you, go listen to Boston. And not, not just the ones, the songs you know. If you can put that for, those first two albums on and you can let them play. It'll make you feel better about life. So here are some honorable mentions that didn't make my top 10 list, but I love these songs. I do. I don't think Boston made a bad song. Uh, Let Me Take You Home Tonight, that's a great one. I love it. It's a great vibing song. Uh, A Man I'll Never Be. They didn't do a lot of ballads, but uh, that was one that I It's a great, great, great song. And Hitch Your Ride, man, I love that song. I really do. It almost made the top ten. Hitch Your ride's another one of those songs that it's a great driving tune. That's the, the thing about Boston is you can just kind of put it on. And, I like night driving anyway. Not as much traffic on the road. There's not as many people at the truck stops when I stop and get gas and go in and stretch my legs, get something to drink. But sometimes I put on these old albums, man, the next thing I know I'm, I'm driving way too fast. But uh, it just makes a drive that much easier. No traffic, and you just kind of get out there on the open interstate, man, and just let it go. Boston's one of my go-tos All right, so now we get to the top ten Number ten, We're Ready That's off the third album, third stage Kind of quintessential Boston I don't know if it had that same hard edge But I really dig the song Uh, Number nine, Feeling Satisfied It's a great one Number eight, one of my favorites And I could have gone a little higher with this one Just because I dig the song so much And we've all had those people in our lives. And, you know, you hear those songs, and they remind you of them, and it's like, man, you know, there is something about you. Uh, Number seven, foreplay, long time. And I know other – I mentioned my list to some other people, and they are like, long time has got to be number one. No, there are some songs that I like a lot better. But this is one of those anthemic songs. Like when you hear long time in a stadium, it's almost impossible uh, not to clap along. Matter of fact, if Davis Wade Stadium music – marketing person that that would be a great way for us to open up the season as we go into davis wade stadium and you guys break out in boston and we play it's been such a long time man that would be righteous number six don't look back it's off the second album i believe that was the first single off the first out al- second album and that's the thing if you love the first album you're gonna love the second album because they're pretty much the same it's just a, kind of a continuation of that great one okay so now we get into i think easily the top five boston songs again i know some of you are already thinking steve how could you have long time at number seven well i do you can put your own list together put it on your own show tell your own friends but you'd be wrong number five for me and i had somebody tell me this should be higher they said to steve it's an iconic song it should be higher i disagree because i like the songs ahead of it a little bit more but it's rock and roll band, and I love this song. I absolutely love this song. I love the story behind it. I love the harmonies on this. That's the thing about Boston. They, the harmonies in those big choruses, man, that was a signature sound for them. It was so great, and this is one of them, I think, when you when you go back and you listen to the vocal range of the entire band on this song, it really stands out. And number four, probably the biggest hit on the third stage album is Amanda. This song was so great, man, back in the '80s, that dudes wanted to go find a girl named Amanda to date her because the song was so great. So I wish I could find a girl named Amanda. I wish I could find this girl in this song. Uh, it's a great love song. It's a power ballad, but it's not one of those cheesy MTV, you know, driven ballads where you know somebody went and recorded this and said, "Hey, well, this will make for a good video and we get the kids to listen to it." This song, Amanda, is just a killer. It's an absolute killer. Number three. This used to kind of be a theme song for me, peace of mind, uh, rising to the, co- the top of the company ladder, hope it doesn't take too long. Uh, this you know, is one of those songs, too, where you begin to kind of realize what matters, what matters in life. It's like, you know what, I got all this stuff going on, but really what I value most of all is my peace of mind. I got to live with myself. I got to look in the mirror every day. And uh, it's it's great to have that. that. That is an inspirational tune for me. I hope you enjoyed that. Number two for me, and this is, somebody said, Steve, this should be lower. They thought that I should flip rock and roll band in this song. But I didn't because I love the big guitar and I love the chorus. And it's smoking. I think, to me, that's one of those songs, as soon as you hear those opening riffs, it's time to go. I mean, it's like going to a racetrack. I mean, it's like it just gets my heart pumping. And I know you guys feel the same way. And so for that reason, smoking is my number two. But number one, it's got to be. It has to be. It is the Boston song. It's more than a feeling. This is one of those songs that you can't get the volume turned up enough on. You know what I'm saying? It's like no matter how much you like it or how much you turn it up, the production value of this song was so clean, it's, it's better played at live volumes. More than a feeling. When I hear that old song, babe, it's more than a feeling. Uh, so go check it out enjoy some boston today i will that's the cool thing about these lists is uh i kind of get on a kick man you guys kind of re- remind me to re- rediscover some tunes that mean a lot to me and so today i'll be listening to boston and i hope you will too and so if you have an idea for a top 10 list send them to me because here's what happens is sometimes i kind of lose interest some people say hey steve uh give me your you know, your top 10 uh, eddie money songs and i'm thinking i don't know that i can come up with 10 but I do like Eddie Money. And then I'll eventually cycle back to it. I got so I got a couple more in the queue. A friend of mine reached out and said, You know what, Steve? I can't believe you've done haven't done a Chris Cornell top ten. And as much as I love Chris Cornell's music, I might have to do Chris Cornell Week. Because we do maybe we do a uh, Soundgarden top ten, an audio slave top ten, and then a Chris Cornell solo top ten. Uh, that might be a little bit Chris Cornell overload. But um yeah, I mean, Chris is my favorite vocalist and songwriter of all time. And so uh maybe we'll get to that but uh listen i appreciate you guys reaching out i'm so glad you guys dig this I, I decided to add this during the quarantine kind of as a little bit of filler and it's become such a cool thing and so again brought to you today by manscaped.com use promo code boneyard 20 off and free shipping that's a great deal for you okay let's get into a few more things you guys are, are well aware that there's some lsu news over the weekend but uh, LSU receiver Jamar Chase opts out and will prepare for the draft. And uh, listen, he is—he might be their best receiver. And so it's incredible to think about. I don't know if there is a team in the country that has had a worse off season than LSU. I mean, you could make an argument for Ole Miss. I mean, they, and that's really more on the recruiting side of things. They just haven't had done done much. But you know, LSU, when you look at the whole spectrum, uh, you've got an NCAA investigation into men's basketball and football, even though they're trying to minimize some of that. There are some related issues in all that, as I discussed on Friday's show. Uh, you've had an exodus of players. Now you've had this, you know, these, the Darius Geis allegations where these uh, two young ladies stepped forward and said that they were sexually assaulted when Geis was a student there. Um, some pretty serious allegations. And <clears throat> one of the lawsuits suggests that uh, Coach Ed Orgeron was aware of these issues and so don't know if that's true or not but uh, that's a a matter for litigation kind of moving forward and then you look at what they've lost yeah it's been a national championship year and uh, we would probably also you know what just give us a championship we'll deal with whatever comes afterwards but um, LSU loses Dave Aranda defensive coordinator to Baylor and Aranda was a guy that gave us some trouble over the years very talented guy Joe Brady has joined the Carolina Panthers and he was the brainchild behind the five release and all that stuff. It's not It's not a uh, Steve Inzminger thing. That's a thing people want to – you want to whistle past the graveyard. If you don't think not having Joe Brady there is a big deal, LSU folks, you're kidding yourselves. And so um, – but let's look at what all they lost, okay? And this graphic kind of made the rounds yesterday on Twitter, courtesy of Brian D. Fisher. You can check him out. So they lose uh left tackle Sadiq Charles. He was an, an underclassman that declared. You lose the left guard Adrian McGee. You lose the center, Lord Cushenberry, also an early declaration. Uh you lose right guard Damian Lewis and his backup. Then you lose the backup right tackle. So you return one starting offensive lineman, and that's Austin DeCulis. I don't know if I don't know what he will do, but uh so you're gonna have a rebuilt offensive line. You lose the top two tight ends at Statius Moss, Randy Moss's kid, and then Stephen Sullivan, a guy that probably should have came to Mississippi State. Then you lose Jamar Chase. Then you you, you lose Stephen Sullivan. We mentioned him. Derek Dillon. You return Terrence Marshall, who was a stud. You lose Justin Jefferson. You lose Joe Burrow. You lose Clyde Edwards. And so when you break that down, they're going to have basically they're going to return. Two starters. Two starters on offense. That's it. Two starters. Now you say, well, Steve, it's always issue they reloaded. Uh yeah, that's true. But when you begin to kind of look at the losses that have stacked up here, you can see that uh it's there's going to be some growing pains. And let's look over on the defensive side of the football. Outside linebacker, you lose two of your outside backers. That's uh, Michael Divinity and Marcel Brooks. Uh, Neil Farrell Jr. Defensive end is gone. Uh, you do you do return some depth on the interior, but uh, you lose Richard Lawrence and uh, and then uh, his backup, and then you lose uh, outside linebacker Chason. And then uh, you know, Patrick Queen is gone. That's an early declaration guy. Jacob Phillips is gone. Christian Fulton is gone. Grandelpit is gone. Jacoby Stevens returns. I thought he was the weak link in that secondary. And, of course, Derek Stingley returns, and it's not because he doesn't have a talent. just Derek can't play yet. He can't declare. That guy's a first-round draft pick as soon as he goes. So, we talked about them returning two starters on offense. They're going to return four on defense. And there's a lot of of depth loss in the front seven there. And so, I say that because I think it's important. That's our first opponent. But if you polled every other SEC West team, and the the ones that have to play LSU, and say, would you trade position and – on the schedule of Mississippi State, I think every one of them would say yes. Because with all the moving parts of this thing, if you're going to get them, you probably need to get them early before they figure some things out because they are talented. But it is incredible to think what they have lost and what they return uh, after last year. And listen, you know, it's not like anybody's going to be put at Orger on the hot seat. It's not going to happen unless there's a scandal or something. There's nobody that's going to say, you hey, know what, Coach O's got to go. That guy's probably there for a while. He's won a national championship. But if you got to play him, I think you almost want to play him first before they get rolling again. I still expect LSU to win the ball game, but I think it's going to be a very competitive game. I really do. We've got some issues in the secondary. I don't know that Miles Brennan is going to be able to exploit that uh, yet. But um, the secondary worries me the most. And I, Again, I think we need to temper expectations for the defense this year. And people want to argue with me about that I, I i'm not i'm not trying to i'm not trying to get into a big thing with you i'm just trying to prepare you it's not a matter of opinion really i'm telling you based on the things that i'm hearing from people that attend practice people that participate in practice and the people that supervise practice that we got some work to do especially in the secondary you know i think our first team is going to be good on defense but we, but when you start getting into the the depth And that's that's what separates the haves and the have-nots in this league is the LSUs and Alabamas of the world. There's not a big drop-off between the first guy and the second guy. You know, for us there is, especially when we're going to have to have so many freshmen on the two-deep this year. And so I'm just telling you, listen, I still expect a five-and-five year, but our people need to take a deep breath and understand we're not going to have the 2018 defense that we have with all those first-round draft picks. We're not even close to that right now. Now, there are some building blocks that will allow us to put a great defense on the field in the years to come. But there will be all these people saying, oh, well, Leach is soft on defense. No, we're in the middle of a – we're at the end of a talent cycle, and uh, we've got mainly some starters that have been two deepers, and it's similar to what that 2016 year looked like. I know people are saying, oh, well, Steve, that's a Peter Sermon year. No, it's not going to be that bad. But we're going to be a team that's, that's going to have, you know, lack of an identity until we kind of get some things figured out. So I'm just telling you to prepare you, Defensively, we're going to have a little bit of a challenge for a while. We'll get better as the year goes along. Uh, so these guys kind of get some reps. But, uh, you know, listen, we, we could have some weekends where it turns into, uh, you know, the old Mike Leach UCLA game where, you know, we got teams scoring in the 60s and 70s. I just hope we can continue to, to score with them. But uh, we're going to be good on offense. We're going to be better on offense. But defensively, you just kind of need to be prepared. It's going to be if, – if we can be average on defense, we're going to, we're going to be a great team. I'm just hoping we can be average. I think we've got some pieces out there, and we've got some leadership out there, but it's just a matter of finding some playmakers, especially in the secondary. You can find playmakers at campusbookmart.net because uh, our good friend Stan Ray is a playmaker. Stan's a gamer. I don't know how good a practice player Stan is, but Stan's definitely showing up on game day. Stan, the man, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew there, they'll treat you like family because you are family. And uh, Go by check them out. You can say hello to them. Got a lot of products to choose from. I need to get by there soon. It's been a while since I've been over there. I need to get by there soon. i got to buy some more gifts for the grandkid. Uh, and so I like to take care of the people to take care of me, so I encourage you to go by and check them out. But if you can't make it to town, maybe you've got a baby coming in your family and you want to buy some Mississippi State gear. Uh, maybe you've got some uh, angry old Miss brother-in-law and you want to make sure that that child is raised properly, so get them some Mississippi State socks or something. You can find that at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal yard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays, and that's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50 is absolutely incomplete. Kids have been good. Kids are back in school. We're getting ready to kind of get outfitted again for the season. You know, think about this. We're under a month away from Mississippi State taking the field in Baton Rouge. Many of you will be having, uh, you know, your own uh, football watching parties at home. You need to have your game day attire ready. You can now fit yourself and your family at campusbookmark.net. All right, a few more things to get into. Uh, Mitch Moreland. Mitch Moreland recently just awarded his uh, 10 years of service from Major League Baseball. Mitch traded over the weekend from the Boston Red Sox, the last place Boston Red Sox. And to be honest with you, Mitch probably having an MVP type year for them. Four good years in Boston. It was crazy. I, I read a tweet yesterday, and it's funny to think about. It. You know, Mitch signed basically a one-year tender with the Red Sox, made the team, and ended up staying four years and became a fan favorite. Now he's headed to San Diego. San Diego second in the NL West right now, Battle, battling for a division crown or, or a, uh, you know, postseason berth. It's a different format this year anyway, so I feel confident they're going to get in. Second best record in baseball, San Diego. And it's one of those things we just kind of, like, as uh, As Ani, my oldest son, said, you know, just when we thought we were done with the Padres, you know, because uh, Hunter Renfro wasn't there, and now we've got another guy. Uh, I'd like to see the Padres win it because, number one, I don't like the Dodgers. But, number two, I, I like parody in baseball. And I think it's good for the game uh, when you have other teams that are hot. And uh, it, it adds some intrigue. I mean, I I'll, I would watch the Padres in the playoffs, even though I'm not a Padres fan. I don't watch a ton of pro sports. But I do watch the postseason in baseball. I really do. Uh, I know some of, there's some people on the beat. I know Joel Coleman. God bless Joel Coleman. What a great guy. But, uh, you know, Joel lives and dies with the Atlanta Braves. I mean, I have I, I yet to see, other than at a formal dinner, I am yet to see Joel Coleman wear anything other than Atlanta Braves attire. I mean, it's just kind of who he is. I don't have that sort of fandom about a Major League Baseball team anymore. Uh, much of my uh, love and appreciation for the pro game died – Due to the Balco scandal and all the things that went along with that, and, and then they had the big strike year, and there was so much selfishness and all that stuff. So I got a little jaded. That's one thing I love about the college game is I think there's a lot more passion with college, and it's not so much a business. And don't don't you can save your messages. I get it. I understand it is a business, but it is not on the full scale that Major League Baseball is. I always root for our guys when they go up there, but I love playoff baseball, and it's nice that we have a bulldog to be able to play to give you a rooting interest. that's really I, I would like to see Mitch win another ring. I really would. I think that would be great. Uh, Mitch, of course, uh, I have a chapter with Mitch in the new book, book Alpha Dogs, that will be out late September. Pretty soon we'll be able to say later this month because tomorrow's the first. But, uh, yeah, Mitch, very gracious with his time. I had to go to the Red Sox, and I said, hey, listen, I want to interview Mitch about his opportunity at Mississippi State, and he may know me from Gene's page. And it took her like a day to get back with me. And he goes, Mitch definitely wants to do the interview. And it meant so much to me, you know, because here he is, a guy in the middle of his career. He's down at spring training in pro ball and uh, takes some time to talk to me about Mississippi State and about why he went to Mississippi State instead of going to Ole Miss. He grew up a Mississippi State fan, but when Mitch was coming through, that's when Bianco and McDonald were really doing a great job getting ahead of the game. And uh, Mitch – chose to go to mississippi state over ole miss when uh, everybody was going to ole miss back then that was when ole miss really began had a great run recruiting wise in the state of mississippi and mitch talked about that he talked about ron polk and talked about his career and and it, it was a big honor for me it really was and and mitch is just an old old boy from amy mississippi i mean he's not a guy he hadn't really changed but uh he didn't owe me that interview but he gave it to me anyway and he wanted to do it because it was about mississippi state and uh means a lot to me. It really does. It really, really, really means a lot to me. And you should go read that. You can go to alphadogsthebook.com, pre-order that book. You'd also get copies of Stark Villains and Flim Flam there. And there are some cool things that are happening right now. And, again, I can't talk about it yet. We had not signed a lot of papers. Once we sign documents? I'll be able to kind of let you guys know. Uh, But, yeah, there's some things that are kind of moving ahead. And um, we'll have an e-book of uh, Flim Flam and Villains later this year. And then eventually we'll have an audio book. You know, i got to do all this stuff myself. Uh, you know, it's you know, I've got a publisher that handles all that stuff from the business standpoint. But when it comes to doing the Audible stuff, I'm the one that's going to do it. You guys know my voice from doing the Boneyard and the Facebook Live stuff and all the videos with Gene's page. So I'm not going to pay somebody to do that. I'm going to do it myself. And then we'll send those files in and it'll eventually be on Audible. And so... I look forward to doing that. It's going to be a lot of work, but it's important to me. And uh, But you can get the print copies right now. Go to alphadogsthebook.com. And starkvillains.com, starkvillainsthebook.com still works. You can get your Stark Villains gear, get your shirts, your hoodies. Go get that stuff. I'd say, like I see people all the time, and they say, Steve, where'd you get that shirt? Starkvillains.com. It's simple as that. And uh, it's so cool, though, to be around campus, and I'll see some of the kids that will have on their Stark Villain hoodies. I think that's really cool. So maybe if you don't wear a hoodie, maybe you know a college student that would, StarkVillains.com. Go check them out. Uh, A couple more things before we get out of here. So uh, Andy Espinoza Hunter has opted out for the season, and that that was a surprise to a lot of people. I didn't say – I can't say I saw that coming. You know, Robbie Falk is our women's basketball guy, and he kind of keeps up with stuff. He was not totally surprised. Uh, Robbie said, yeah, you know, she wasn't going to play a whole lot this year. She has a good chance to go ahead and graduate. And uh, I, I want to say she's working towards an advanced degree. So, wow, while it wasn't a total shock. It is a disappointment. Uh, Andy, you know, we, we expected her to come in here and, and kind of be our marksman, you know, from outside. And she was. You know, remember she set an SEC tournament record against uh, Arkansas in the SEC tournament championship game, uh, the first in Mississippi State history that we won. Uh, so, yeah, we, we thank Andy for her contributions to Mississippi State women's basketball and uh, it was a good experience I I don't know that she lived up to her full potential and I don't know that that's all her fault I think uh, I think there was a little bit of a breakdown in the relationship with her and Vic Schaefer because I remember last year I was thinking why why isn't she playing more and even when they put her in and she had productive minutes uh, she didn't stay in long and there was a lot of concern about defense and that was one thing Vic really preached is defense 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 if you don't play defense you can't play and so, she was one of those people when she got here, I don't think she had ever had to play defense. And so, she comes in and kind of has to learn on the fly. And I think that's one of the reasons it kind of kept her off the floor a little bit. And uh, and so, she's moving on. And uh, there's always one of those things, too, that, that people say, well, there's got to be more to it. You know, I think it's sometimes it's as simple of, I'm not going to play a whole lot this year. Let me go ahead and finish up my education. And I still have some eligibility left. And I could be a grad transfer and go play somewhere else and finish up somewhere else. I, I just – I don't think we always have to assume the worst. I mean, I'm not a Pollyanna by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, there's no scandal here. I remember it's so funny. Speaking of that stuff, I remember when Chloe Bibby entered the transfer portal, people were like, oh, my gosh, there's got to be some scandal coming. There was no scandal. There, there, was, there was no scandal at all, none. But, the, but some, of the, some of our Facebook experts insisted there had to be. There wasn't. Chloe Bibby simply wanted a fresh start. She was leaving, whether Vic Schaefer stayed or whether Vic Schaefer left, she was going either way. She just wanted to start over. You know, she'd had the ACL injury and she'd struggled at times here to play defense, and she needed to go play in, in an offensive system that kind of allowed her to be a set shooter. Uh, she wasn't the same player after the injury, being able to beat people off the dribble. Uh, Chloe Bibby is a wonderful young lady, and uh, and it was kind of unfortunate. Some people were trying to suggest, well, there's got to be more to it, you know. Most of the time, there's not more to it. A lot of time, it just simply boils down to the fact that somebody wants more playing time or they want a fresh start. And you know what? That's 100% okay. We appreciate Chloe Bibby's contributions to Mississippi State women's basketball while she was here and hope she has a great career uh, at Maryland. Just not at our expense. All right, so we're going to go ahead and, and uh, make plans to get out of here i'll be back on wednesday this is an early show if don't get used to this i don't know what's happened to me though for the last month though i've been getting up really 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 early and i've been up at like 4 two mornings in a row i i can't really explain it but i feel refreshed i'm going to bed earlier too i guess i'm getting older i'm getting to be i'm getting on old man time i guess now that i'm a grandfather it's like i've had this switch that's flipped in my my clock and now i'm now all of a sudden I'm getting up with the chickens and the dogs are happy so we didn't go ahead and go outside and handle the bathroom break. But uh, but anyway, so I'm trying to get these shows to you earlier. I know I went through a stretch there when I was writing the book. Sometimes it would be late afternoon and you guys would have to tweet at me and say, hey, we're getting a boneyard today. So I'm trying to make that up to you. I'm trying to get back these shows to you much earlier in the day uh, so you can kind of enjoy that. Because I know that nobody else has a podcast this as good as this one, as long as this one. And as in-depth as this one. And so I want to make sure that you're getting your money's worth. And uh, so, listen, thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, come check us out at jeanspage.com. And, uh, we, listen, we're one of those situations, too, where we're about to go into a pretty busy stretch with football starting. Now's a good time to join. And uh, it's one of those big things, too, where we've got a lot going on uh, in other sports, and we've got a staff that can cover it all. So we're not going to have to run media relations release. We'll have boots on the ground. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com prenatal.